Sudkist. I'm Brian. And I'm Jorge. And I'm not fucking Droopy Dog because we didn't miss this week. We we missed the Monday. Even though we're late. Yeah, that was my There's fault. a difference between being late and missing the week. I completely, I will argue that point because I'm not doing the episode as Droopy Dog. Right, yes. We can we can nitpick when it comes to potential droopy what? dog. <laughs> that makes sense. Do you have any any mentions this week? No, no. Neither do I. Hell I only yeah. watched what was required of me. I watched this movie. <laughs> this um, movie is its own mention. Yes. So I had you seen it before? We're doing uh, no. Altered States today, nineteen eighty. You yes. can find this on Hoopla. Hoopla. Now, the reason that we're doing it in part is to support the writer's strike by going through libraries. So we at least aren't giving the money to those streaming exactly. services that are responsible sure. for all of it. Trying to show those bosses that no fucking <laughs> cheapo shit or AI eventually is not going to make up this fucking shit that's going on in this movie. Are you sure about that? I feel like you're more likely to make this up than another movie. The images maybe, but yes, the ideas fair. in it, I don't know. Because <laughs> this movie's a lot. Yeah, so I just started going through Hoopla and I'd already seen this and I love it, so Oh, I, okay. I like was like, this is an easy, easy pick that I meant to do. I, I mentioned it at some point. You did mention it for sure. Yes. What would you rate Altered States? Oh, uh, I would rate it a lot. Um, I liked this, to be honest. I think I liked this a lot um, for a multitude of different reasons. I I guess to be safe, I would probably give this a Mr. Cool. But I think I could be persuaded higher. I don't know if I could be persuaded lower. I don't think I could. So at I, least a Mr. Cool for me. I definitely can't be persuaded lower. Like I wanted to watch this movie yeah. again, you know, and I enjoyed watching it again. And I could I could be talked up. It's definitely not like yeah. a for sure Mr. Cool. Like we're maybe we're maybe go school just because I really fucking like this movie. Exactly. There's, there's a lot it. I mean, has a lot going for it. There's a lot of not a lot, but there's like a just a bit of mess behind the scenes with it as well, which is also interesting, which I learned afterwards. I didn't know beforehand, mm, so that didn't love to like, hear about that. color any of that. Yeah, I can give you a little bit, a few tidbits when we get through there. Yeah, so some warnings. There is animal violence. Yes. Um, and there's, there's old green screen effects that might trigger you in I felt more pretty ways good about than this. one. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Um, yeah. That's really psychedelic drug usage. Psychedelic drug usage, maybe a bit of claustrophobia. Yeah, they don't I show didn't too feel much anything. Of that, though, yeah. Exactly, they don't. They don't like evoke it a lot. But there is like an isolation tank, prominently featured. Yeah, prominently featured in this. So if that idea fucks you up, just keep it in mind. Yeah. Oh, excuse what me. What would you say for the vibe of this movie? I uh I don't also a lot. I don't um, have a lot of comparisons, really. Yeah, it's tough to uh, compare it kind of to anything. Um, I'll I'm gonna give I'll give a little bit of uh things. This was directed by a guy named Ken Russell, and this was written by Patty Chayefsky. Uh, Ken Russell. Uh, did a lot of stuff in the '70s. He did uh to kind of give you the vibe or like to evoke some things. He did the movie Tommy, which is based off of the Who 
Quadrophenia, I believe. Um, He also did a movie called The Devils, which I saw the trailer for and was instantly intrigued in, like, a sick horror way. That looks fucking fucked up in some 70s-ass ways. Um, But this was written by Patty Chayefsky, who is a very well like a well-regarded writer is the only writer to have won three academy awards for screenplays all of them solo oh like people have won more or have also won three but at least one of theirs were shared with someone else uh all three that he won for he won by him like as a solo pretty good um it's fucking insane um yeah this is this is very talky at times and yet incredibly visual. So yeah. it is a real mix of the two things, but it's also kind of a slow movie, even though it's utterly bonkers. It's weird. Uh, there is, there's one part in particular where it's slow for me, but outside of that, yeah. we're, we're usually pretty okay. I, it is very much, it feels like a 1980 movie, specifically 80, where it's still got mm. like, mad 70s in it but we're starting to see the dawn of the 80s <laughs> yeah um, and just it's in some of its in... like coloring and style and everything a hundred percent because it's also set in the late 60s to mid 70s like that's those are the time frames it deals with um and it in deals terms with of its... a lot of time frames oh man those are the t- those are two of several time frames yeah i'd say it's it's just like sometimes you you come across a movie that actually has a novel concept and then yeah. they just like they just fucking talk it out and then and they're like, "Yep. <laughs> this is our idea and we're actually we're sticking to the idea. We're not going to diverge from it. We're going to do it exploring. from beginning to completion." Uh and you're just like, "Wow, that was cool." <laughs> that's that's the vibe I get from it. Honestly, it was another movie where I went, I could use a cigarette after this. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I don't Should, know if it necessarily stayed with me, like anything, but like I was sitting there going, whew, okay, sorry. Yeah. Should you watch it first? Um, I mean, it's a very visual movie. Uh, I don't. Um, did, we're not going to really ruin anything for you. Yeah. I don't think it would hurt. Yeah. I think, I think you'd probably be okay. I it's think not, you can listen. Yeah. If you're uh, that intrigued, go watch it. Like, just yeah. do it now. But if you're on the fence still, yeah, feel free to keep listening. It's not, we're not going to be like, oh my God. It's about a scientist, like, trying different methods, including an isolation chamber and psychedelic drugs and other things to, uh, to connect with, like, the, the core, uh, reality of, like, selfness. The self, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, the ultimate truth of the self sort of of thing. Genetic memory within us and, it man- being and able to manifest physically and externalizing like so, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 pretty trippy. If you uh, if that's your thing, it's also I was yes. I, sometimes I I watch older movies and I'm like, did we just get like worse at writing dialogue? I the dialogue in this I I love because they do really yeah. good at like the uh, several arguments where people are talking over each other at the same time and they're like kind of yelling and you know exactly what everybody's saying. That's an interesting thing to bring up because that'll that'll come up in the little bit of the behind the scenes scuttlebutt thing. Um, but yes, this is also the the monologuing and like the big sort of things with these is very much a Patty Chayefsky thing. I did recently watch Network, um, which is I think the most famous thing 
uh, Patty Chavsky, like the thing people would most know. It's the uh, news anchor who announces on camera he's going to kill himself and becomes a sensation, a sort of new age prophet thing. There's a lot going on in that movie. That's a fucking, we could do 10 episodes on network and never get to the bottom of stuff. Um, but yeah, it, that's a lot. It also has a lot of like grandiose speech and yeah. monologuing in it. Um, I like that this had that sort of normal aesthetic to it in like a late seventies type movie of just like people talking in an apartment for long stretches, but it was filled with monologues about the trueness of what it is to be and what God manifests itself as while not being real, but finding yourself to be the God that you've replaced. Like a lot going on. Like again, a million different fucking things. It's all very good. Yeah. So let's just uh, hop, hop on in there then. Absolutely. We are going to dip into the nice water and shut that door and maybe do a sensual thumb circle. You can't see because it's really an isolation tank that opens the spoiler configuration. Okay. So altered states, right? <laughs> we have uh, Eddie Jessup, played by William Hurt. Yes. Who is, who is famous, and I know he's famous. For sure. But I don't really know why. He plays he's that guy in, in Marvel everything. now. But... Well, he doesn't because he's dead. Oh. But um, yeah, rest of <laughs> He passed away. Um, in 2022, it was very recent. Like, don't, don't, don't feel. Oh my God! Hurt. How embarrassed! All right, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, he he was in everything all the time. Like, he's just a very prolific actor. Even though, like, I think this is technically, yeah, this is still one of his four known fours in yeah. IMDb. So, like, <laughs> it's kind of a mixed bag for him. Yeah, he was in the history of violence, which I just saw, or which I watched oh. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he's a he's a scientist. I I forget what his act, what his original field is, but he whatever he picked was just to get to do what he wants, which is like in his mind this like search for God or religion. He said he like heard, uh, like God or angels speaking to him when he was a child. Yeah, he had religious type um, hallucinogenic experiences. Yeah, but when that went when he stopped believing and that all went away, like he was just never able to, to find that again. So he's like obsessed yes. with this idea of that. And he's like the classic fucking mad scientist, like obsessed with his work. Does can't really like hold down a relationship or anything besides that. It's interesting that he has, unless you want to keep going through the plot, but it's interesting that he has like an awareness of that throughout this. Yeah. That's another thing to just think about. It's not the same. Like I can definitely do whatever he is sort of like, yeah, I know. I'm I'm an absolute I'm doing this for fun. I'm doing yeah. this for him. Yeah, he knows who he is. He doesn't really like people. Uh and he meets Emily Jessup at a party. Her name isn't Emily Jessup when they meet. Correct. It's Spoilers. not his sister. <laughs> uh and she instantly loves this man. And he likes her. Uh mm-hmm. It's un it's unclear like to what extent for most of the movie, really, because he's always distracted by his work, even when Yeah. When they ha they're having sex for the first time and she's like, What are you thinking about? And he's like, God. And I'm like, what is this? like the crucifixion? God, Christ, the crucifixion. She's like, Does that normally happen when you fucking slam it down big style? And he's yeah. like, Yes. Meanwhile, he's like, I haven't done it forever. 
So remember Emily because she is like very present throughout hit like throughout yes. the the film becoming his his wife and then going through starting to go through a divorce towards the end. Uh because this movie covers like several different eras of his experimentation, right? And initially he's uh he's working with his he's got two main guys that he works with. Yes. Uh Arthur Rosenberg who's actually mm-hmm. like on his side about stuff and then Mason who comes in a little bit later. Yes. Um but him and Arthur just they have access to an isolation tank, so they just start messing with it. <laughs> That's uh, oh, that is Jorge is not joking. That is exactly what it is. They Arthur tries to like get him to consolidate his ideas on what he wants to do into a like almost a thesis, and he's like, "We're not writing a grant, dude. We just have it, so let's use it and see where it goes." And I'm like, "You're a you're an absolute scientist. <laughs> yeah, he just wants to keep. I mean, he they don't show it, but he does like experiments with undergrads and shit, putting them in there. Yeah. But he eventually just starts doing it for himself, and that's what he mainly we just, see. Yeah. yeah, and uh, he keeps having like hallucinations in there of different stuff, and he becomes obsessed with this idea that you can find uh, potentially God, but more importantly, like what the actual core human self is before it got corrupted by everything else by corrupted i just mean like it got harder to find existing and moving away through, yeah. from like being cavemen and shit the f- uh he talks about the first thought he uses that terminology a little bit in there yeah that's it's sort of the general thing he's going for which yeah. manifests in an awesome way yeah so <laughs> he eventually uh manages he like finds out about this psychedelic mushroom that grows in Mexico mm-hmm. uh, and like a tribe of indigenous people there that still do rituals with it. So he goes to experience that and sees all sorts of wacky shit. And he was like, that was fucking awesome. I'm going <laughs> to bring it back home and put myself in an isolation chamber and take it. And <laughs> yeah. And- <laughs> Where he talked about multiple methods that he does. And the answer is he does a total of three methods, which is the isolation tank alone, the drugs alone, I know the isolation tank and the drug. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, and he, it's funny to me because everybody's like, "You're being an idiot!" Like you, like yeah. you're just tripping balls. And he's like, <laughs> "I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'm onto something." Um, there would be no reason to believe him except once he no. he goes in there. And he's been experimenting with it for a while to the point where they know that there's like a buildup of the chemicals from the mushroom in his brain happening, yeah. even though they don't know the full extent of where that could go. And he, uh, one time, like he, he reverts back to, he regresses genetically in his mind. You, he, you like hear a goat, I think through like the audio and him like feeding you on the, it. A bit of the ape sound. Yeah. A bit of yeah. the like, like a grunt type thing. To the um, point they're like, what the fuck? And they open up the isolation <laughs> chamber and he's got blood on his mouth. Uh, and he can't talk anymore. And he immediately like asks for like pen and paper and like has them do a bunch of experiments and stuff on him. So you can see that his like uh, his skeletal, stru- skeletal structure at that time is like closer to a Literally different, like, yeah. Uh, they start like getting towards the idea of that missing link between ape and man. Uh, and by the way, we're laughing but this is... on on the way to all this, particularly when he's taking the mushrooms, the uh, the visuals that you're getting are absolutely wild. It is like a lot of like him great, yeah. in front of a green screen, 
weird amorphous things, him and uh, Emily, like, together, uh, just, like, heaven and hell shit. There's a great, during the drug-taking sequence, there's that great bit where he's with, Emily has manifest, uh, I think a snake transformed or, like, by editing association, by, uh, by montage together, like, an Emily slash a lizard type thing maybe a komodo dragon like that i think it's like it's like a komodo dragon monster sort of thing um are there in and they're getting blasted by the sand and then they turn into sand sculptures of themselves and then are subsequently slowly eroded into two piles of sand i was like this is very nice and they're not taking they're taking just enough time with it so that it's not like annoyingly slow or way too fast that you're like, wait, what happened? I don't even know what's going on. Like it, they give you a little bit of time to process certain things. And then they're like, we got to move on to some other unbelievably stupid things. We're showing you in the best way possible. <laughs> it's a little long. It makes sense given yeah, that they're, yeah, it's yeah. meant to dis- to show them as sand eroding into nothing, you know, yeah. but it's, uh, you're there for a while. And you're like, wow, I'm really just watching sand blow away. <laughs> in the wind. So yeah, we- we now have the situation where Eddie's convinced that he has like some sort of evidence that th- this idea of self can be externalized outwards. It's this idea yes. of genetic memory. And uh, Arthur is like, I'm pretty sure that that is true as well. And Mason is like, fuck no. He has very funny lines about how much he tells them that they're idiots and to go fuck themselves and that he does not believe in any of this and that he's like a respected doctor. Yeah, him going over his fucking... CV is very funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to the point where he even, like, gets rid of the cloth that he took of the the blood that was on Eddie's mouth and doesn't show it to him or yeah. tell him about it. Because he, like, is, like, Incinerate. hiding evidence at a certain point. Because he so much does not believe in this. That is my favorite part. When it's just him walking there going, there was blood. What you're saying is there was blood and there's no cuts on him. So... So, <laughs> and he's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. I don't care. Yeah. So then they stop him for a while, but then Eddie does it again. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's he's the very next time, but he, uh, yeah, he's like on his own when he does it. And he fully turns into a, uh, it's not, I, I, th- I think it's supposed to be like the missing link, right? It is like a, a small kind of furry yeah. caveman looking man. Pre like pre Australopithecus, I guess, like somewhere around there. Uh, I don't know where the missing link we're is. Fucking past where I know. Exactly, yeah, like d- somewhere in there. What um, he d- he describes it in the initial encounter. There, he's like, for <laughs> I just love his description because he's like maybe four feet tall, very hairy, like but not you know ape like, but not knuckle dragging, walking you know shorter arms. Yeah. And I'm just like this is great. I love this so much. And then he's like, I'm becoming them. I'm part of them. I'm killing a goat. And you're like, this escalated so fast. Yeah. <laughs> then he just is one and he pops out. He is yeah. One. He pops out. Um, and he's alone. So nobody's there to see it. And he just goes on a tear through the city, um, fighting dogs. I got to and- this part. I got to this part. And I went, cool. We're at the climax of the movie. And we're just, no, 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 it's awesome that we're doing like manimal, like, ape guy thing this is super great i'm all this is awesome that this really thoughtful in particular movie with it's like spreading dialogue and monologues about 
what it means to find oneself just turned into and then the scientist became an ape guy and started fighting every animal in the zoo <laughs> i that's the thing is like i don't particularly like this part I don't. I don't need. It wow. goes on. It goes on for so long, and I'm it like, goes on I, for a little bit, yeah. Like, I don't care about this ape man. I want. I want him to talk. I liked him talking. I want. Him I to want come this back. is my talkie movie. Like, I don't need action here. <laughs> and I, that's uh, very interesting. That you don't like that because I thought I could have sworn that would have been like a no, yes. No, I got it, some. I got some meat on this fucking salad of intellectual shit. It's a completely <laughs> different movie, right? Like it's if it's t- like, oh, he's slowly turning into an ape man and there's a lot more action and yeah. like hiding that or becomes friends with some kids <laughs> or something. I don't know. But like, no, <laughs> uh, just this one scene being like oh. that. But it is. I mean, it's like a sequence of scenes, and it's it's like a sizable portion of the movie at a certain. It's only. It's, it's a like, solid chunk because I thought it was more when I was thinking about it. I thought it was more than it was, but all to be fair, it's like the it's like a little. It's like two sequences total. Yeah. Of him running around inside of the facility and almost killing a guy, and then him running around in the zoo and playing with animals well, in the stuff. city. Oh yeah, no, and then two and half, yeah, three sequences of because in the city and then in the zoo. But he once he comes out of that, he doesn't become a manimal guy again. To be fair, like it's the only yeah, but it's that's not like the central struggle right. of it. I think it's just that you spend that long with it and you don't get any new information throughout those sequences, right? Like you already know he turned into an Correct. ape man. Sure. That's what was important about this, and now nothing new is happening, and I'm not yeah. particularly excited by an ape man getting chased by dogs or whatever. Yeah, we're you know? weirdly not moving the story for like nothing, there's no additional insight gained from all of that sequence. Yeah, you could have definitely trimmed some of that fat around. It. Yeah, I mean like he could have literally just like left the lab and then you're left to wonder what he did and then there's like, you know, they talk about the so, results going yeah. our and that security guard was have, almost beaten wouldn't have lost blah, 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 anything yeah. there, you know. Trimmed the time down a little bit. Yeah, but we got to see a guy <laughs> <laughs> you got chased by dogs in the city. <laughs> yep. Anyway, he wakes um, up and he's fine. Yeah. Well, he's you know he's, he's not fine at all. He's fucked he's up, but he's like so into his thing now. <laughs> yeah, and it's also like starting to happen on its own a little bit. Yes. Or he's hallucinating it, but it's probably actually happening. Uh, hundred percent happening. Yeah, he does get them all to agree to like one more time. Where everybody yeah. will be there, including Emily and his other two guys. And uh, this is the one where it really goes off, right? Like, yeah. he he thinks he's just going to go back, I guess, to, to being the manimal. But he... Yes. It spirals <laughs> out into, like, a 2001 style, like... Because they put... I don't know. The movie kind of implies that... It's happening because there's interference with the situation, but I also think it might have just been this might have just been the next phase, like you know, he reaching that far back and getting to that infinite first moment type thing. But they do have a camera this time, and the image starts fucking up and flashing to the point that one, we start to see the transformation inside there, and I'm like, Yes! Yeah. Loving those effects. And Mason opens the um isolation tank mid sort of like convulsion situation that's going on in there and it everything goes 
buck wild in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. To the point there, there's a beautiful, uh, like his, it's his face being contorted and like in weird inverted colors and things. And it starts spiraling around until you, you realize that the, his mouth screaming during that because he's screaming really crazy the whole time uh is the the center of the whirlpool of water that has like formed in the room where the isolation chamber is yeah and everybody's getting knocked out and emily's trying to save him and shit by like going down into the whirlpool and like she's the one who she dives in and reaches to him to find him in that whatever he's in and they go through it they go through a full like 2001 yeah i'm i was very interested by how well they did the like because emily and the rest of them are in the physical world not in this 2001 shit that's happening and he is but the way that they like show through editing and everything like her reaching across the veil for him basically was just like very well done very cool it was like very easy to follow what's going on you know weirdly because it's so i think the movie does a great job of evoking ideas and letting them play out, even though it's so talky and the talking is like good. Um, (laughs) A lot of it. It's so weird to say Uh, like the visual storytelling is there, even though it's a seemingly barely decipherable sequence of images, lights and sounds. You know what I mean? Like, which by the way, this is, is, you know, not my first fucking rodeo with a sequence like this. I'm realizing I'm, I'm a, this sequence type guy. I like, I, I've seen multiple things of these. There's one in twin peaks, the return 2001, obviously like I like these fucking acid trip sequences. I just, they're just my thing. When now. they have a I like point, a I fucking yeah. love them. I love Especially it in, in 2001. I love it in this. It's like, if it is deeply tied into what the narrative is, there's a reason for it happening. And then the way that it yes. looks is deeply indicative of like what the person is going through. And it makes you feel like I, I, you are it's getting something across to me that you usually only get out of literature. Right. When you have to like, yeah, describe put it in your own more mind. Yeah. transcendental happening. Uh, so it, it, yeah, yeah. It, it really, this one gets me. the seal of approval for sure. Yeah. And Emily does manage to save Eddie and pull him out of the whirlpool and, they just kind of go home, and you're like, what's going to happen now? That's the, that's the best part of that is, remember, this is just fucking PhDs doing this in a basement. Yeah. Like, the escalation is what's going on, not the, like, in-world kind of state. Like, the police aren't barging in, or, like, no, the no, dean no. of the college isn't like, you need to blah, blah, blah. They can just go home. They go, holy shit. And then they go. <laughs> and talk about it some more. <laughs> yeah, I forget the exact order it happens in, but like, uh, it's Eddie telling Emily a little bit about his experience mm-hmm. that he just went through, and he's really bummed about it because he's like, there was, there was nothing, you know, like he, yeah, in some way he indicates that he finally found all of the answers that he was looking for, and the answers were all that there is nothingness at the bottom. Yeah, he comes all. back. Diff, I mean, I'm bummed, kind of, yeah. Like it's it's a multifaceted thing because that opens with that's the morning after, but mm-hmm. that's that's like right at the beginning of the finale. That's right. Uh, that's what we go into it with basically, is him him professing his actual presumably. I'm saying presumably, like we don't know for sure, I guess, but like 
him really possess uh, professing love for her because he realized that the I think he says I realized that the ultimate final truth is that there is no final truth which itself is a very interesting statement that I was thinking about (laughs) <laughs> You'd think that it would be more of a cop-out, you know, that it would be less satisfying, yeah. but it, it doesn't just end it's with not. him having that idea, right? Like, then the, the shit starts Correct. coming back for him, and, like, before where he'd been turning back into a monkey man... Because he's now, more... He is... You are actually you are actually right in... Ultimately, he is depressed by this, because he's like, I love you. He realizes his love for her. So he doesn't say she, it quite yet. Yeah. But he's like, I can't go on. Like, I yeah. can't do this. It's going to eat me alive sort of thing. And then it literally tries to eat him Yeah. <laughs> and Emily's telling him to fight it. And he's doing, like, this this crazy looking, like, uh, he's turning into the weird blob that he was before and, like, different yeah, colors. Yeah, he's starting to bubble like, up and stuff, yeah. It's, it's weird, like... Because then they touch, Like, static right? and shit overlaid over on him. And uh, yeah. she touches him and then it, she starts looking crazy <laughs> and uh she's she's just suffering she's not coming back from it and he's like still able to like kind of bounce himself back between his normal body and, and this other yeah. stuff and he's like slamming against the walls and everything trying to come back uh ultimately so he can save her which he does and then they're both human again and that's like the very like closing line of the film is i love you and it's like the yeah. first time that he said it the whole time and he like actually means it and you're like wow Wow. And then it just fucking ends, which is so great. It's fucking, it's like hugely melodramatic and it is like this weird, like emotional, like, like feel like the real humanity is like feelings over science, you know? And yeah, um, it's the, the truth of life is to have and cherish and enjoy the connections you have with people sort of, which Emily was trying to tell him that the whole fucking time. Uh, I was going through clips before, and literally in the first fifteen minutes, she just she she basically says, "In my in this experiment, I will prove my thesis, which is this." And then she's like, an hour and a half later, "I was fucking right. I yeah. knew." It. But you that, stupid man, you have to go through all that just to know that you. Yeah, going going so <laughs> like science and existential throughout everything and then just juking out into him finally giving into emotions as melodramatic as it is i'm still like this fucking worked for me this gave me the satisfaction well, I think it totally works. yeah like 100%. i i loved it i i think uh it, it packs that little final emotional punch to to give yeah. you the satisfaction of, of an otherwise extremely dark and grim uh reality also, that's being presented i think also because and and this, this is an interesting thing to think about in terms of performance where I think uh, it's William Hurt and Blair Brown are the two leads. Um, William Hurt we talked about. Uh, Blair Brown, I, she's definitely been in some other things, but not a like uh, like a prolific career, but nothing you guys would probably know, to be honest. Um, the other person, the other person I re-realized was in this was uh, Arthur is played by Bob Balaban, who if you've watched... Name. If you watched any Wes Anderson movies, he is the guy in the very round glasses who's occasionally a narrator. I think he's the narrator in, like, Moonrise Kingdom. Um, he's an, another working actor who just fucking does stuff all the time. Uh, also great. But with the two leads, with Eddie and um, 
what is her name? What is her character? Emily. Name? Emily, thank you. Sorry, yeah, uh, no, Eddie, and Eddie and Emily. <laughs> it's perfect. It's fine. Um, what's great about them is. I think you do get a lot of nuance, even though he's very, like, bullheaded and forward with his, like, ideas of where he wants to go. I think you get a lot of nuance from William Hurt's performances. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a conversation they're having while Arthur is giving DMT to a schizophrenic patient, um, which is, (laughs) it's fundamentally surreal because it's in the background of the scene while they're talking about, like, each other and their relationship. Um but you get these like these react. I, I was fascinated by the reaction shots that they cut to of Eddie as Emily was bringing up certain ideas because she brings up like he says, you know, I'm there's a non-zero chance that I'm nuts, and she's like, jokingly is like, nuts, you're a fucking madman, and he like the the cut that the the match cut they take to it is like him seriously pondering. Mm-hmm. And like he, he, the the things that he smiles and frowns at and takes seriously and doesn't are also are very interesting in that regard, because I think he is, I think the reason the emotional payoff works so well is because he is at least intellectually processing his feelings for her, yeah. even though he is so detached from humanity itself. Like I think part of his. Um, I think part of that issue is reconciling that loving Emily would be also like embracing humanity in that regard. Um, yeah, there's, and not there's just no, looking in the self kind of thing. Yeah. There's no point at which he does not, you don't feel that you feel that he does not like Emily. Yes. Like, he always likes her, maybe loves her by the end. You find out that it has been loved the whole time, but the, yeah. uh, the only reason that they start or that to, it's blossomed into love at least like, yeah, I mean, I think it's just always there, and he just didn't understand himself, mm. you know? That's, uh, yeah. The, the only reason that they start to split up later on is, like, Emily's still in love with him and is, like, very clear about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he asked for the divorce because he's sick of, like, the routine of going as a married couple to, like, brunch with people, basically. D- yeah. It drives is, him nuts to sit there and talk about anything. pretty much but, sick like, of existing as a normal person. Like, yeah. He taught. He's like, I hate. He's like, oh, he, he's like, could you imagine me as a well? He's like, dude. Or Arthur's like, dude, you got it all. You have a loving wife. You're your father, and this. And he's like, you're a well-respected professor. Can you imagine? He's like, yeah. Could you imagine that? I never could. Like, he, he says, I like, don't. Is that really what you think of me yes, as a well-respected scientist and father? Yeah. Blah, 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 like. He's like sickened by the idea. Like he only Trading. cares about what he's going after and yeah. him not having achieved it yet in his eyes only makes him a failure and everything else is just getting in the way. He says something about like, like with me, with, with interacting with prof- other professors is like engaging in like intellectual masturbations or something yeah. like that. <laughs> there's some, there's some real like Patty Chayefsky knows what he's fucking doing when he writes words together. Um, there's some really like clean lines like that where which really just encapsulate these ideas into very um efficient kind of packages. Yeah. Eddie does yeah. get like all of the best lines. Mason's a runner up though for just <laughs> like amazing angry yes. dialogue. Mason is furious 95% of this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Mason hears the initial discussion and is like I didn't like that. 
And he's like, we're going to also use drugs. He's like, I super don't like any of this anymore. Y'all are fucked up fuckers and fuck you forever. Yeah. Arthur doesn't really stand much on his own. He's I yeah. He's I, just filler background character. He is also there. Yeah. Um because he's also down with like the ideas as well. To you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he doesn't he wasn't like skeptical before and then becomes a religious convert type thing. Because at the end, he is like, he, he, he says, like, I'm not going to be able to sleep for a year. We have to fucking talk about what we just did. Yeah. Like, what we just saw. But, like, his before also seemed, like, pretty into it like Eddie is. Right. You know what I mean? That that was, there was no, like, movement for that character. Yeah. Emily could also have been a little more well-rounded because she exists purely to love Eddie. And to, like, show him uh, the yeah. light, you know. She Emily was Emily was interesting because what she brings up and talks about is very interesting and intriguing. I think um, I love the part where she's like, after before they go in for the final experiment, she's like, "We should fucking wait." And he's like, "I'm tired of people doubting and blah blah blah." And she's like, "No, no, no! You don't understand." I 100% believe you, and that's why I want you to stop. Like, yeah. you can't do this because I'm for sure you're right in what you're talking about, mm. and that's such a giant leap that we have to be careful and think because I love you. Yeah, she has, like, stuff that she does, but it mostly just takes her out of the movie, Yeah, which is a shame because I'd like to have seen or at least had more of a discussion about how her area of science intersects or interacts with she's an anthropologist and in, oh, for yeah. a good portion of the movie she goes to africa to study monkeys See, and she comes back with a bunch of recordings might, of them might have been interesting to like interact with in a significant way with a scientist obsessed with not communities and societies and right. cultures and going back to the primitive self <laughs> like there might have been some interesting tete-a-tetes there and we get like half of one in a store? What was... Do you, what, do you remember that scene? Where they're all super drunk? They're in a restaurant, I'm pretty okay. sure. It was just an interesting restaurant, because I feel... I think it... I'm assuming it was sort of a mix of a store and a restaurant, because I was seeing stuff in the background, like... Is that just a can of beans going on back there? What is that? Like... <laughs> anyway, it was fine. Yeah. The... Um, that brings up something. That scene has a lot of what you were talking about, which was people talking over each other mm-hmm. and sort of bringing up lines um it's great because to... there's eddie's like really giving his whole monologue like untethered by sobriety yeah. and you get to just watch emily be so fucking mad at him for being <laughs> such a little shithead and so ex- <laughs> at this point they're getting a divorce and he's just like so excited about his work and she's like i we're getting a divorce i hate this it's that scene is her biggest fighting back on his ideas fundamentally and even then it's like a couple of lines like mm-hmm. she talks about replacing uh all you've done is replaced god with the religion of the self sort of thing and he immediately turns around and is like actually hmm actually no i didn't even though i did shut up um he's, he's a little fucker sometimes but um that seems a great example of what you were talking about with people talking over each other and this sort of like muddled, almost mumbly type line delivery. Ken Russell and Patty Chayefsky 
did not have an enjoyable time together on this movie to the point that Patty Chayefsky disowns the movie. If you notice the screenplay, the screenplay was by a guy named Sidney Aaron. And it said based on the novel altered States by Patty Chayefsky. Here's the interesting thing. Patty Chayefsky wanted this to be a movie the whole fucking time, but was told was like convinced or like persuaded with a friend to write it as a novel first to both, get the skeleton, like the idea of the story down and fucking get a novel too. Like, why not? Yeah. Um, did that. Got that has all in all of his other, cause he's a playwright, television writer, movie writer. That was basically what he was doing. Um, he had pretty strict creative control over his last couple of projects and they did pretty, they did well accordingly. Same thing here. The studio ends up hiring Ken Russell and Ken Russell does not much care (laughs) for a lot of the writing or like different things. And there's sort of a back and forth on who, whether this was just, this was a direction and it's fine or whatever, or if it was a slight by Ken Russell, but allegedly this is from the Chayefsky side is that Ken Russell was being such a petty bitch about (laughs) things. Um, He was like, I don't like these words. So everyone just, talk over each other or mumble or eat and drink food while your line's going on. Cause I don't give a shit. And Patty Chayefsky was apparently just red faced with steam oh coming God. out of his ears behind like watching this going, I fucking hate it. So they were supposed Aaron, to be said like separately, essentially not just not so muddled together right. as they are in, a, in significant parts of the film. Um, Patty Chayefsky also had the problem of, they had burned through so many directors to try and get this done. He did have the power to fire. He was a producer. He did have the power to fire Ken Russell off the project, but WB Warner brothers was basically like, that's fine. That's totally cool. If you fire him off of the project, you have to direct it. Cause we can't, we can't. And he was like, he was already fucking unraveling with stress from everything that was going on that he was like, no, fine. I will keep him on. And, to the point that he just owned the movie. Sidney Aaron uh, is his first and last, his real first and middle name. So he just put those out as his pseudonym for the screenplay. Oh, Sidney Aaron is not a separate person. It's just him Sidney Aaron is just Patty Chayefsky. Yeah, it's, oh. it's an exact, you know what I mean? Like he just yeah. rewrote, he rewrote his novel in quotes of, he finally put the screenplay out that he wanted and said, these are my exact words. Um, that's also why he was so upset about Ken Russell's thing because they were directly his words that he didn't yeah. like and he was fucking with them on purpose sort of thing allegedly I don't know for sure yeah I'm yeah. I'm curious about that novel now I know right I kind of I want to go grab it just to see yeah. like what's going on in there I feel like a lot of stuff is pretty direct from it um it would just be interesting to kind of see the descriptions of things to see where that would yeah um be different from the film experience yeah sweet um i i still think i'm i'm mr cool on this i i'm still not convinced i won't i wouldn't or won't be ghost skull alien i i don't know why i wouldn't be a ghost skull alien but I, I guess that also kind of would be like well then that guarantees that it would be a mr cool because I can't 
think of like it's nothing's pushing me to go that extra mile for it yeah. like, i think I it's super like good if, i would definitely we were... recommend this to people but oh yeah if we replace the eight man sequences with more good stuff yeah, if we that cut like a it. sequence and a half off of that eight man thing, because I think you should do some of that in some yeah, way, no, even if it sure. is like what you were talking about of the uh, like post mortem on it to give the more mystery of like, wait a minute, did that actually yeah. happen? Um, <laughs> I am just sorry. I was just thinking of that sequence again because he he grabs a janitor and the security guard's right at the door and he's trying to open the door and he just bashes him with a stick. And looks right at the security guard, and the security guard's like, "What the fuck?" And like, he <laughs> runs away down into the boiler room and like hides up in the top and like grabs another one. I'm like, "This is a ridiculous sequence." It really, when you watch it, don't look at the clock, but just be like, "This is the third act," and tell me I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really feels like the climax when it starts coming on. And I'm very glad it it isn't, or else I'd, for I'd sure be, I'd be 100%. real hurt by that. Okay. William Hurt. Well, You'd have been William Hurt by him. <laughs> Bill Hurt. Also, I love that because William Hurt is like a fucking tall guy. And then they're like, here's this four foot stunt performer. Miguel Goodrow, primal mm. man, I assume. Does a great job with like the physicality of it, I will say. I like that a lot. Wait, Drew Barrymore. What? Played Margaret Jessup. Oh, one of the kids? One of the kids, I guess. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's not. She wasn't an adult, okay. but like. That's why. No, I. <laughs> I just didn't. I just didn't realize I was her. Man, she got. They're she in got it for around. like five seconds, and it's much. It's almost like she's a nepo. <laughs> not a nepo. I mean, her fam. Dude, I mean her grandfather. She's from the Barrymore family. There's Lionel Barrymore. Right. Long line of fucking. Uh, why do you say it different when you're talking about her family? What do you mean? Well, I feel like people used to say Drew Barrymore, but you, oh, you speak of the Barrymores. <laughs> that was just, I don't know, man. Which makes them sound more powerful. <laughs> it's because they were more powerful. Yeah. As much as I love Drew, and she's the super, honestly, she's a super good actress, uh, that shit was like the Barrymores were right. a Barry lot in the old days of Hollywood. <laughs> anyway. All right, well, we don't have next week's movie. I'm going to keep diving through uh, Hoopla and Canopy. Yes. Because we're going to keep sticking with that until the race trick's over. So we'll look out on our social medias, maybe. Join our Discord, probably. That's the best place to get Please do. Uh, yeah. Shouts out Lionel, Ethel, John, John Jr., and Drew. Barry Moore. Barry Moore. Uh, I want to thank Eyes of Astoria for our wonderful theme song, Dead Walk. You can find John or other guests that we've had throughout all these episodes in various <laughs> places uh, by going Sorry. to thebloodystream.com, clicking on pod people, and and you'll see, you'll see all their names there. Absolutely. Also, a shout out to our sister podcast, Downtime with John and Emily, the how-to podcast by siblings who don't know if they're man or manimal. Find us on social media, Bloody Stream Pod, and we'll talk to you the same bloody time, same bloody channel.